Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Realcom Live. So good to be with you. Um, like I've been doing probably for the last six months or so, I try to come up with a word or two to describe uh, our episode this week. And this week, I would say extraordinary, uh, extraordinarily important. Uh, and let me explain. So every year as we prepare for Realcom and IBCon, we basically uh, come up with anywhere between two and 300 different topics meaning as we poll our 100 plus advisors on the Realcom and 100 plus advisors on the IBCon side, they throw out every idea imaginable as it relates to real estate technology and innovation. And so the big question is, which ones do you choose? Uh, I mean, we could literally have a conference with 200 topics. Some rooms would be filled and some would not, but nonetheless, uh, a lot of people think they are important. So what we do is we have a process and we kind of bubble up the top 50 or so and then ultimately, we rely on our chair folks uh, to literally help us to determine what are the big topics. Because by the time we get to the conference in June, it's very important that we distill this information to make sure that the conversations are relevant, timely, uh, and most importantly, hit right in the middle of the bullseye, those topics that everybody's uh, interested in talking about. And, and this is a challenging year, as you can hear about in a second. So with that, I would love to bring on my guests, um, folks who've been around our community for a long time. Joe Rich, EVP and CIO of Related Companies. Jeannie Schneider, SVP and CTO of Heinz. And Sinesh Kashav, Managing Director and CTO of Prologis. Good to see you all. How are you? Great. Nice Very good. Good morning. Good afternoon. Yeah. And, and first of all, I just have to say thank you. I know um, how busy you are. I know the lift that you are all required to make. You, uh, you work for extraordinary companies, um, you have extraordinary portfolios, and you are very um, innovative and aggressive as it relates to real estate technology, and I know what that takes. And so giving us an hour of your time today uh, in prep and in this call is very much appreciated. So thank you. Jeannie, why don't we start with you? Why don't you give everybody a little bit of your background and a day in the life of Jeannie Schneider at Heinz? Oh, great. So um, thank you very much. I appreciate it. So I'm Jeannie Schneider. I've actually been with Heinz. This is my 20th year. I've been in the IT industry for upwards of 30. I'm dating myself here. Um, and really, you know, we have recently kind of transformed in, in this was an announcement about our global digital strategy office. So we're really thinking about bringing tech to our clients, not just how do we service Heinz, but really how do we help um, provide services and products, a, a digital ecosystem to our clients, our investors, our tenants, our partners? And so really the whole dynamic of how we're thinking about tech and, and really that the, you know, bringing the digital to the physical um, and increasing the, the, the value of our assets is really what I'm focused on um, these days. So I, I kind of, I'm right there with you as far as the time frame in the industry. Kind of sounds like back office, you know, keeping the real estate company running, then the smart building going to the building and now going inside the building into the tenant. Sound, is that correct? Absolutely. I mean, we, we still obviously want to continue to innovate and be, you know, we wake up every day trying to think about how do we make our people more efficient um, so that, again, we can focus on our clients and our partners. So that's still definitely happening. But I think the difference now is, is that, you know, we you know, for Heinz, we're a large global company. So we have a unique perspective and we think we can offer 
services and products in the, to, to our tenants. And, and they're, they're looking to companies like the folks you're seeing on the call today for that thought leadership and helping them solve problems. You know, they, they are, they're asking us, they know they have a problem. They're looking to us to help solve those. Yeah. We've been hearing that a lot. Joe, how about you? Hi, good morning, Jim. I'm Joe Rich. Like Jim said, EVP and CIO at Related Companies. We're a New York City-based owner, operator, developer um, of affordable housing, multifamily housing, retail, and uh, office and commercial office space. Uh, we also uh, own, operate, and have built Hudson Yards in New York, which is a multi, uh, multi-faceted real estate property. Uh, the single largest construction project in the history of the U.S. And, um, you know, for my day-to-day, I'm responsible for all of our, uh, the company's 350 locations for all of our our technology, cyber applications, websites, and anything else technology-related. And um, we are also definitely focused on, on our customers and engaging with them um i think you know the on the office side the move back to office uh is is definitely more collaborative i think in the history and then in history of commercial office space because there's always been a landlord tenant kind of friction or tension sometimes healthy tension sometimes not so much but you know i think both sides understand in order to be successful we've got to work together in a lot of cases and it's that something simple like you know turnstile and and, and sharing data and working with our tenants, um, you know, we, we want to be open to those conversations. On the retail side, if you as a landlord haven't been working with your retail tenants, you probably weren't are no longer in the retail business. It's been a tough run for retail. Um, I think we're all uh, cautiously optimistic about the future uh, in retail. Um, you know, uh, affordable housing related to single largest private affordable housing operator in the US we own and operate all of our own properties, um, challenging properties, affordable housing is a big problem in our country. And um, we, we work directly with all uh, of the participants from HUD to the local agencies and making sure that our, our residents have uh, that, that right that they deserve to, you know, a comfortable ha- uh, home. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's always, it's definitely a challenging, challenging. You think affordable housing, it's just relatively easy. Um, but it's, it's actually more complex a lot of times than the other aspects of real estate. Well, and if you think about all that real estate in your portfolio and all the technology touch points, um, I mean, your team's got to be going 24-7. I mean, there's just so many things that need to be attended to. That's a heavy lift. You know? uh, we, we are, and we do. <laughs> yeah. Sanish, how about a little perspective, uh, you know, background yourself, and then also you know, from the industrial side of things? Sure. Hi, Jim. Great to be here. Um, I'm Sanish Keshav. I'm the CIO and CTO of uh, Prologis. We're the world's largest uh, logistics real estate company. Uh, We have about 1.2 billion square feet of space in 19 countries. And um, uh, so my team and I lead all aspects of technology at uh, Prologis. Everything from keeping the lights on and making sure the trains are running on time to these new businesses that we are venturing into energy and sustainability, mobility, fleet charging, uh, the ability to provide products and services to our customers as they move into our warehouses, 
that's what the job entails. So never a dull moment, as you can imagine. Um, wow. And just a perspective on industrial, as you mentioned, I think the um, we are um, we are firing on all cylinders right now. The there is an unparalleled demand for industrial real estate, and e-commerce has certainly been a, a tailwind for us in in that respect. But as uh, we've seen from our own proprietary data, this demand is not going to end anytime soon. I think the consumer is continuing to demand uh, the right product at the right time. And our warehouses that are situated in some of the most urban population centers around the world that are centers of consumption uh, are primed to be uh, the, that gateway and that last stop before the product ends up at the consumer store. So uh, things are looking good. And, and for those folks listening who um, who may not be aware at the levels that we are since we've been working with Prologis for so many years, in 2004, so that'd be 19 years ago, we took a delegation of real estate folks to Asia to look at innovation inside buildings and Prologis was gracious enough to let us look at your new Tokyo facility where you guys were one of the first, if not the first, in multi-level, you know, industrial buildings with all sorts of innovative transportation methodologies to get trucks up to, you know, the 10th floor. And so, you know, as I'm, I know you're well aware, uh, Prologis has been an innovator, a consistent innovator for a very long time. Yeah. And, uh, and the industry, any industry needs leaders like the three of you to, you know, go where nobody has gone before and to show that it can be done. So... Uh, very, that was a, a great trip on many levels. So when I pick, you know, get up in the morning and I typically, you know, read the news, kind of get an idea of what's going on in the world. And I'm sure you all do as well. You read the newspapers and there's sometimes conflicting information. The sky is falling. It's going to be bright and sunny. You know, uh, this morning, as I mentioned on our, uh, when we were getting ready today, Microsoft just announced, you know, it's not going to do its campus in Atlanta at, uh, at this particular moment in time layoffs. So on the real estate side, you know, we've got, are my tenants coming back? How much space are they taking? You know, when I need to refinance my loans, I can't afford the interest rates. Some some pretty challenging topics. And then on the tech side, we've all seen what's happened to the tech companies, general tech over the last six months. That absolutely is pushing its way into the prop tech industry, right? So, so the same ideas. So with that in mind of all these challenges, Joe, where are we today i mean is it up down sideways you know can can your crystal ball see a little better than ours so the question was up down or sideways the answer is yes <laughs> it's, all, it's, all, it's, it's all it's all three you know i i think from the real estate side I, again i think the capital markets are in some form of dysfunction affecting all of our businesses i don't know how long that's going to last you know, we Again, in the paper, you read about the recession. I, I'm not sure um, because recession usually means loss of jobs and we have the lowest jobless rate in 53 years. So again, the contradiction, but as it affects our business, certainly interest rates in the capital markets are one of the largest drivers um, impacting certainly our projects and our, our, our businesses. And I don't know how long that will last. You know, we talk about a, a, a slow drip or a very abrupt reaction not doesn't appear to be abrupt it seems to be like it's going to be a longer term thing yeah i mean we all remember you know the news stations in 08 you know 
with Lehman and you know people walking out with their boxes in their hands and that was abrupt, right? As was dot com, but dot bomb, and then also going all the way back to the '90s, the real estate. So this one just feels like we talked about earlier, a little slower and, and a little bit harder to predict. Jeannie, what are you seeing uh, from Heinz perspective? Well, you know, I think really what people are talking about again are fundamentals. Um, you know, I think we're still raising capital. I think our performance, our track record, um, you know, has people still confident in real estate and the real estate investments. Um, you know, being global, having multiple multiple asset types. I think we're just being more prudent, patient about where we're placing that capital, letting the market do its correction. Um, don't invest too late in the process um, and, and be there ready when things settle out. So, you you know, we're trying to just look at the fundamentals and, and invest in the right places and, and, and not feel like we've got to place the capital because it's there um, and, and do that. But, you know, I think we're also taking a much deeper look into the asset types. Um, you know, there's aging core stock um, and you mentioned it kind of earlier, which is, you know, getting buildings, uh, you know, ready for carbon and get it ready for sustainability and getting it tech ready. Um, some really good real estate opportunities out there with buildings that are just waiting to, to be invested in. So, you know, it, it goes back to that, you know, what is the quality of the asset and where do people want to be? So I think we're just trying like everyone else, you know, to look at the data, listen to our partners and, and, and try to make sure those investments are at the right place at the right time. You know, one of the things we're trying to figure out, and Joe mentioned landlord and tenant, there's also tension right now between the demands of the real estate companies, you know, struggling with lease densification and mm -hmm. then uh, and then this debt, you know, refinancing or, or valuation issue. So there's going to be pressure on real estate companies to deal with those things. And then these other new ideas that we're talking about, whether it's sustainability, carbon neutrality, immersive experiences, that takes capital investment, right? So... You know, we say we're going to convert that office building to an apartment building or we're going to convert that office building from the 20th century to the 21st. How do we deal with that tension of, OK, my tenants aren't necessarily paying their rent, but I got to go invest and make this property state of the art? You know, and I'll just say, I think, I think I, again, it's fundamentals because I think we think a lot about the disruptive technologies and where things are headed. But honestly, if you just take a look at the smart building platform and the smart building concept and you know, Jim, you guys were talking about it 15 years ago. And, you know, and here we are now where that's becoming uh, a foundational item for things. So I think, you know, we're still talking about access controls and experience and, you know, putting that digital experience into people's hands, but it's still based in the same fundamentals that happen in a building. We're just trying to digitize those. So, you know, when you have that conversation about you're creating a digital experience for your building and it's still about fundamentals, it, it, it allays some of the concerns about you're not trying to, you know, turn your building into a spaceship. You know, you're, you're trying to, to reduce your CapEx and reduce your OpEx and be a responsible investor. Um, and I, so it, it still comes back to those things, I think. Yeah. But and, and what it does require, and no, no better than the three of you to understand this, it requires rolling up the sleeves, many sleepless nights, grunt, hard work, you know, <clears throat> failing, succeeding, failing, succeeding. This is not a magic wand. <clears throat> it, it takes some work. 
And, yeah. and I know the three of you and your companies are dedicated to that. Sanish, um, round it out. Sideways, up, down? Well, in our, um, in our asset class, it, it is up. And um, all the signs are positive, but the macro trends do affect us and we keep an eye on that. So we are being a little bit more prudent in deploying new capital, for instance, even as rents are rising and we have record occupancy. So that hasn't been necessarily a problem. From a technology standpoint, I think the thing that I keep an eye on and I worry about is that um, uh, venture capital for sure is slowing down. We talked about this in our pre-conference and and as a result, the pace of innovation in technology, especially when it comes to these new areas like uh, energy and sustainability or, or mobility or um, uh, automation, what is that? Is, is the pace of innovation going to slow down as a result of some tightening of these uh, capital markets is something that um, I, I am concerned about and keep an eye on uh, because we certainly are depending on it. Well, that, that's definitely going to be a big topic at the conference. But I'll tell you, you know, I got more gray hairs than I want to admit. Um, in my career, the best innovation happens after the hype cycle subsides. Mm -hmm. and, and when everybody's out there, you know, making unrealistic comments or you know, promises. And, and this, this cycle has gone throughout time, right? When it comes down and people are now not something I want to do, but something I have to do, necessity being the mother of invention, to me, the biggest innovation takes place in this downward cycle. Um, so the, and, and as long as new ideas keep coming and, you know, pragmatic business people are at the helm. But uh, I'm, I'm encouraged that, like you said earlier, we're not turning back. You know, we're, we're not we're not going back. So, um, yeah. All right. Let's take a, a brief break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about challenges and opportunities um, uh, that the next 24 months uh, bring. Now, one, one sign of progress is our solution providers in our industry even have commercials. So that, <laughs> that means you know, early days, it was a bad PowerPoint, right? So, so we've made some progress. Um, all right, so Jeannie, we were talking earlier and, and you wanna make sure we get in on these mega trend concepts, which we, we, we've already talked a little bit about, but next 12 to 18 months, 24 months, uh, biggest challenges, biggest opportunities. Hmm. You know, I, I, there's probably a number of them, um, you know, and I'm going to speak really kind of to the tech side of things here. You know, one of them is, I think, interoperability. Um, and so, you know, when we're having the conversations about um, creating smart buildings and creating that integrated experience for our folks and, and really what does the future of office look like, you know, and combining those two things. And so, you know, there's a lot of good tech um, that we want to adopt, we want to put on our buildings, but they're, they're lacking interoperability. And so we're trying to, to solve for that and in unique ways. Because um, ultimately, you know, we want to be able to create that experience and create those fundamentals again in, into our buildings. So um, great tech providers, they all come into their own space, but, you know, we're trying to create that ubiquitous experience where somebody can move about the building seamlessly and they don't need to be thinking about carrying three badges or uh, you know not being able to get into space or you know do what they need to do or get a visitor into the door and so those systems need to talk to each other and so we're we're talking about unique ways to solve those and at the same time that same backbone of technologies 
is really what's helping us drive the data and the insights to be thinking about occupancy, space utilization, and not to mention a very important, you know, understanding and capturing the metrics around our carbon footprint. Heinz said, you know, we're going to be carbon neutral, uh, our operational carbon neutral in 2040. And so we're spending a lot of time about putting those, the backbones into these buildings to help us um, capture it, activate that, um, and really understanding how the space is going to be used going forward. So I would say, you know, returned the, the future of office and what does that look like, right? We're all talking about, you know, hybrid work and where do people want to work from and is transit important? Is it the experiences in the building? Is it the amenities you have activated? But ultimately, we also need to take our, our buildings and create that ubiquitous digital experience that people are familiar with at home. You know, you have you can have dinner delivered to your door and Amazon shows up with a box and you can do that all with the touch of a button. And, you know, I certainly am raising two teenagers that don't know a world without technology and they're going to expect those kind of things in their everyday life, including at the office. At the office. Yeah. Can you imagine um, having three different printers by three different manufacturers trying to plug them into something where there wasn't a standardized operating system? Exactly. I mean, it would be, and we're not quite there yet. And like you said, we've been talking about this for 15, 20 years, mm -hmm. looking for that proverbial operating system that makes it plug and play and inter interoperable. And it's it's just not here yet. Um, right. But we got to keep pushing. Yes. Anish, um, how about you? Next 12, 24? Yeah, I'll pick up on what Jeannie said. I think interoperability is certainly a big challenge associated with that standardization. We being mm -hmm. a global company, in some of these emerging areas like energy and sustainability or mobility, we're incre increasingly finding it difficult to find solutions that scale across the globe. And uh, that, so that standardization and interoperability is for sure is a challenge. Mm -hmm. One area that I also think is coming up quickly to the fore is around, uh, we've, we've, we've been focused on cybersecurity for a while. And uh, for the most part, companies have a strategy there. But with all this automation coming in and the introduction of machines and AI and ML, there is a uh, still a big gap when it comes to machine safety and security. And I think uh, that is probably something that's gonna come to the fore in the next, uh, as automation takes up takes off in the next 12 to 24 months. Yep. Yep. In terms of opportunity, I think that the there are some new problem statements that uh, are coming up and we need to solve them. I mentioned energy and sustainability, for instance. We have we are now the uh, second largest on-site solar producer in the uh, United States. And uh, we could, and we have less than 10% of our roofs covered with solar today. So there's a tremendous opportunity and can we scale that? And what's the solution to scale that quickly would be uh, an opportunity. So also, um, and Jeannie touched on this, becoming more data-driven in our decision-making. I think our industry for long has been um, relying more on uh, the, the tribal knowledge and the gut instinct that our folks have because of the tenure. And moving from that to a data-driven uh, and insights-driven decision-making is a big opportunity for all real estate companies. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you guys have been at the solar game probably, what, 12 years now, it feels like? Yeah. And, and you know, if you go the other, you know, even a small portion of the rest of your portfolio, you're a, you're a utility at that point. 
Um, that's, right. that's scale that not a lot of people really can bring to the market. So that's, that's why they look to you to lead. Joe, um, from your vantage point, what are you seeing as the challenges and opportunities? I think, you know, again, I'll stick with the, the, the technology theme and I'll start with the opportunities. The opportunities, again, for, for automation, we've been on a journey for a number of years at, at this point. But what I'm seeing is um, the rapid change in the technological tools that are available to us to the point where I'm not committed to one. I'm committed to anything that will get me the job done and the automation done quicker. We're using across the board in, in many of our cyber activities, we're using across the board, many of our operations just within technology, but um, we we also see great uses for it across our, our business as well. Um, further introduction of things like chatbots with human interaction with RPA attached to the, the back end of it is uh, has been terrific. And, you know, the, exciting thing again in 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 a challenging market like we're in or going in or kind of dripping through i'll call it is is that um these these tools are don't require a massive upfront investment and then 10 years to burn off and and to me that makes them viable for our industry um and and has great opportunity so on the um on the, on the challenges side, certainly, like I said, we were, we're in a challenging market. Our businesses are have different challenges. I'm sure this afternoon I will have a challenge. I'm not imagining at this point in time, um, but that's the advantage of having, I think, the jobs that we have and the companies that we do. Right. So unfortunately, we're out of time and we're going to be spending you know the next four or five months working with you folks to make sure we hit it right, you know, right across the plate, throw it right across the plate for the conference because... As I mentioned earlier, there's a easily 250 topics we could talk about, but we've got to we've got to hone it in and, and get the big ones up front. So in that vein, uh, 10 second answer. I don't want you to think about it too much. Just blurt it out. Jeannie, what's the number one topic? I just want one from each of you. Number one topic we got to cover at RealCom and IBCon to hit the bullseye. It's the obvious one. It's ESG. It's sustainability. It's carbon. OK, Sanish. You should have started with me, ESG. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't. I can't go against the crowd, but I would. I would say, uh, as a very broad topic, is automation. Automation. Um, yep. Anything from chatbots, RPA, everything in in the middle. Uh, I, I think that also has an ESG component as well. It'll allow us to get there. Yeah. Well, and and on the ESG side, specifically the E. We've probably this is probably my third or fourth cycle um, on the on this energy conversation going back to easily 2000. And I hope and pray that, that this time it sticks. Right. I mean, I remember being in New York, you know, mid 90s, looking up at the buildings and the lights were on and, you know, there was a cleaning crew inside. And I said, maybe we should turn those lights off. Right. And, you know, and so it takes a long time for big ideas to catch hold. But. There's so many areas we can improve on builder buildings, efficiency and sustainability and tech. You don't do it without technology. You just don't, you know? And so the, the three of you with your skills on the tech side and your awareness and knowledge of the real estate side, um, that's, uh, that's why you're our chairs. And, and we really want to thank you for, for helping us out. Yeah. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, bye everybody. Well. Take care. 
Why? I mean, to have access to those types of brains, it's a privilege. Um, they are, uh, they're not only smart and they're not only hardworking, they work for great companies, but they're willing to share. And that's, that's just something about the real com IBCon community that makes us proud that, you know, people, you know, because of how complicated this is, are willing to sit down with their peers, sometimes competitors and share ideas to get across the finish line faster. So with that, let's bring on Howard Berger, who's going to do our news. Howard, sorry we went over, but I'm sure you knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Well, I think it was a great, that was a great conversation, Jim. Uh, and yeah. Thanks, Jeannie, Joe, Sanish. And I, I, I don't know about you, I'm just so honored that we have uh, have them as our Realcom co-chairs this year, yeah. especially for this very special 25th anniversary conference. And uh, thank you guys again for being with us here on Realcom Live. So I have a few highlights from this week's uh, weekly briefing. It goes out every Thursday morning. If you don't see it in your inbox, just pop up to realcom.com and click on news and you can subscribe there. So today's lead story is from Peter Pulsar. He's founder and managing consultant for Blue Catalyst. Now, Peter's advised and mentored hundreds of individuals and companies on corporate innovation, customer experience and transformation. And this week's article is entitled The Innovation Conundrum. Uh, over the past five years or so, I think the word innovation has been way overused, completely infused our business communications. We literally see the word innovation on just about every web page of every company website. But as corporate leaders, what exactly is innovation? Why pursue it? Why is it so elusive? So in Peter's article, he boils it down to three factors, mindset, method, and know-how. And in this brilliant article, Peter succinctly articulates exactly what it takes to embark on a journey to a successful enterprise scaled innovation program. This is a great read. Next, special shout out to our tech partner, uh, EchoPilot, Tobias Jones, CT, James, CTO at Echo Partner, uh, EchoPilot for his article uh, entitled Leveraging AI to Optimize Your Building's Energy Use. Now, applying AI and machine learning to environmental controls so you can automatically, continuously communicate with the BMS to adjust the HVAC so you can maximize comfort and energy. It's really what we all need to aim for. Uh, and EchoPilot has a unique approach. They literally, they harness existing thermal energy based on the building's partitioning, you know, the different thermal zones, each with its own thermodynamic properties or personalities. And these partitions also contain factors such as sunlight, the effect of the wind, other known heating and cooling loads, and using temperature sensors, uh, the AI technology collects all the data, proactively adjusts each zone's centralized supply temperatures in accordance with the client comfort requirements. Essentially, the system recommissions a building's HVAC every few minutes on an ever-changing internal and external climate variables. So in this article, Toby also cites a case study. Excuse me. Crombie reads uh, their Cogswell Tower. It's a 50-year-old concrete office building in downtown Halifax, Nova Scotia, and EchoPilot installed their AI solution in 2018 to help us save energy costs across this 14-story, 200,000-square-foot uh, asset. In one year, reduced gas consumption by 22%, electricity by 30%, and delivered an overall cost savings of 25% compared to the two previous years. Another great article. Uh, third, for those of you who have attended Realcom IBCon any time in the last, past 10 years, you know about our Smart Building Best Practice Showcase, where we bring in 30, 40 real estate execs representing some of the most iconic smart building projects from around the world, where they, where you can mix with the, where they mix with the attendees in a very highly interactive type poster session. So 
Every few weeks, we're sharing one of these project profiles in our weekly news briefings. And this week, we're spotlighting a three-building project on Prologis Boulevard in Mississauga, Ontario, by the Canadian developer Triovis. Now, these buildings represent really representative of the value and performance fundamental, fundamentals of Triovis vision. Data intelligence and analytics drive energy reduction and sustainability uh, features. It's yielded industry-leading certifications, including LEED, Wired Score, and Boma Best Gold. Another great project by TrioVest. Finally, and I'll wrap it up, uh, Honeywell just released its predictions on the top four emerging trends they predict we'll see more of in the building operations technologies that are focused on making buildings more sustainable, safer, safer and comfortable for 2023 and beyond. Uh, first, uh, number one, acceleration of electrify everything to meet carbon and energy goals. So we're starting to see local laws prohibiting new gas hookups, very pro-electric legislation to eliminate burning fossil fuels to reduce heat and hot water. Plus the Inflation Reduction Act stimulating domestic manufacturing electric heat pumps for both commercial and residential use. Number two is cybersecurity, as, uh, you know, as was mentioned uh, you know, in our conversation now is becoming embedded and integrated into digital innovation. As we hook more devices up to the internet, the cyber attacks are increasing in frequency and sophistication, and it is happening at an increasing rate that's challenging our resources to manage them. Playing whack-a-mole, you know, we, we knock one down, they just keep coming, and it's clear that cybersecurity has to be a priority in the design process of anything we plan to plug into our networks. Number three, Buildings need to be dynamically responsive as possible for better occupant experience and, and sustainability. And we do that by teaching our BMSs to take more advantage of sophisticated uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning models to weigh conditions and demand against current occupancy, weather conditions, utility pricing, so we can optimize energy without sacrificing comfort. And finally, our cities will need to be more energy resilient in their operational plans. We're seeing more extreme weather conditions and cities are gonna to need to be able to respond to power outages, especially in critical infrastructure. And, we'll, and we'll, we'll see more widespread adoption of things like distributed energy resources like microgrids, battery storage, coupled with real-time energy management controls. So those are the big trends from Honeywell. Uh, and that wraps it up for me. Those are just a few high, high highlights. From it's, this getting, uh, it's getting more complex, deeper. Um, it's easy to say, you know, let's be sustainable. Let's go green. Let's do, you know, net zero. But there are a lot of moving parts and it's just going to take a lot of people rolling up their sleeves and digging in like uh, like Honeywell had mentioned in that article. You know? Yeah. And, and, and we have to figure out how to pay for it because of the, yeah. you know, a lot of these are going to require investments that don't have an immediately calculable ROI. Well, and, and that was what we talked about a little bit, you know, with the, with the panel, with our advisors, our chairs. You know, uh, uh, the functional use of a particular asset is now being questioned, right? So there's a lot of conversion that has to take place, the potential of loss of revenue during that conversion. Where does the money come from as, as the revenue stream from the old functional use decreases? That's a lot of tension, you know, and that's going to take a lot of brains to figure out. So... Thank you, as always, Howard. Great job on the news and uh, have a great weekend. Okay. All right. All right, guys. All right before I wrap and talk about next week's show, which is a, another great one, uh, let's hear from our final um, sponsor and I'll be right back. All right. Um, next week's episode uh, is one near and dear to my heart. In fact, I'm jokingly going to call it um, Edison was right, Tesla was wrong. 
that's a little play on the whole ACDC electrical conversation. For those of you who know me uh, a little closer, more personally, you know that the low voltage conversation has been on my interest list for a long, long time. Uh, to me, it is the holy grail. If we can turn a substantial amount of the AC alternating current architecture in this country into a low voltage DC, um, we have the capacity to significantly uh, reduce the amount of carbon required to light. Um, and, and it's not just lighting anymore. It's access control. It's it's all the laptops that plug into the building. It's fans inside, um, you know, equipment in the ceiling. Um, our panel of guests next week, we are going to talk about state-of-the-art low voltage. We are going to have somebody uh, on this uh, episode uh, calling in from a warehouse in China where he's doing fast prototyping on some amazing concepts. We're going to have POE Texas. Um, we're going to have the POE Consortium. We've got the leading edge thinkers on power over Ethernet and low voltage power to talk about the reality of getting our built uh, infrastructure converted to a much more efficient, uh, a much more sustainable power source. It's one of those little topics that when it blows up, it's going to change the world. And we're excited about that conversation. So thank you again to our great guests, our three co-chairs for RealCom. Thanks to our sponsors and to the team, RealCom team, for putting this episode together. You all have a great day and a great weekend. Be well.